Okay. Hello. Hello. Test it. I'm already recording. Oh. So I was going to say, I was just going to go and say, go. hello, Julia. Hello, Sam. Thanks for joining me again. And welcome to everyone listening. This is the BizPod, Behaviour Intervention Support Network podcast. And I'm very fortunate to be joined by Julia again. I'm going to try and put the cup of tea down very quietly. <laughs> well, if there is, yeah, I mean, we haven't got a studio. We've got a little mic that plugs into my phone. And it is loud sensory day here at Cedar, so you might hear some strange music in the background. It's not that strange, it's, um, it's Lady Gaga at the moment, I think, but she is quite strange, to be fair. Um, Julia, thanks for coming back. Uh, the first episode, for anyone that didn't listen to part one, we spoke a lot about your sort of early experiences with your young chap, uh, going through the primary school system, some of the challenges that were involved there, some of the things you've learned along the way. Uh, I think it's a really useful and insightful episode for anyone that hasn't listened, so go back and listen to that one. Um, but what, what I wanted to speak to you about today was really kind of picking up on uh, when, I have to keep remembering not to use his name, but when your young chap, uh, he started secondary school, and then also that was a, a, a couple of years in was about the sort of time that we started doing some work together, so I thought we'd then lead on when to that. When we fell off the bike again. Fell off the bike? Well, when it all went, well not with you, but that was what brought me to To you. see me? Yeah. Okay. Of the sort of desperation of so what year falling apart again okay so you started off in year seven obviously or you know early on in, in secondary school so what was that like as an initial transition primary school having been quite difficult i think you dread transitions always mm. but because we were in not a good place at the end of primary school it was um, it can't get much worse. And mm-hmm. um, it was just—it was really frightening because you know you just have to stay calm. You have to make it work. Um, and I don't know. There's no perfect school, and that's I think probably the same for everybody with a child who's got difficulties. Um, so for my son, he is very cognitively able and special schools were not deemed to be going to meet that need but he has enormous emotional and social and anxiety challenges that would going to be difficult in a mainstream mm. so I think a lot of our young people fall between yes. there's yeah. not yes. easy fit there's no. not that, that's, there's a, there is a certain, I don't know what you would call it, but an end of the spectrum or an area of the spectrum of young people on, on the autistic spectrum where, like you say, they, they're falling through the gaps of what provision's available. I was yeah. that's a really important point, what you said about there not being one school, because I quite often get asked by parents, what do you think of this school, that school? Yeah, there and isn't I can have a two parents from the with young people at the same school, one telling me totally. that it's not appropriate and one saying it's really and good. And Sam, I feel that passionately you know, and, and actually I was the teacher before which mm. puts me both sides that there isn't a perfect school and what what works well for one child will be fireworks. For, it's about relationship and it's about mm. communication. Mm. But, um, 
So I've never felt it's always going to be the school's fault. I think it's about making things work together. But because I knew from the start that there wasn't any school we went to, it was going to be hard. Um, and the alternative, which again, maybe it's right for some families, and people said to me, you should home educate because I'm a secondary school. And I personally felt there are two people in this world that do not need home education. One is my son and the other is me. Because <laughs> for us, I felt the thing he most needs is to learn to connect with other people. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean it's the same not right for everyone. everyone. Yeah. Um, oh, goodness me, I forgot to take the batteries out of my phone. Do carry on. And so it sounds threatening, but I think you have to find what's right for you and your child. And you have to know it, it's going to be a learning. It's going to be, oh, your thing, Sam. I've told other people. It's about the surfing. You can't stop the waves. You have to learn to ride them. I'm going to have to put a disclaimer in that that is you not did. my quote. Okay, well, you introduced it to me. <laughs> I found oh, it. Oh, there it is. Yeah. It's someone else's. It's I can't else's I haven't even credited him on that poster. Okay, on the wall. I find that really helpful. But it's, yeah, it's such a helpful analogy because you can't. And I, I think it's true of, you know, for parents going through that journey because it's an honest preparation that there are always going to be challenges, but you can learn how to cope and navigate them you can't adjust the environment so there are no challenges but it's also very true of the work I certainly have said it to some of the young people I work with because actually sometimes some approaches around supporting people on the spectrum are all about compensation and adjustment so it's routine and structure to a point that that lowers their anxiety which is very helpful but actually there isn't a routine and structure of life yeah um, there, there are routines and structures you can build into life, but you always have to be prepared for someone to interrupt that with something. But I find that myth, I come back to that image often because I also think that there's times, weather conditions, you wouldn't take a beginner surfing. It doesn't mean you're never going to take them surfing. Uh-huh. But so you kind of gauge where are they at. It yeah. doesn't mean you're not going to, but then I can put the other side, which is I have a young a son who says openly when I tried that one with him well I don't like surfing yeah well it's <laughs> I, yeah. literal thinking <laughs> um, they're not it, it's a lovely image but also within that image I hold that some people love the experience of things being challenging mm. and love, and I think our youngsters my young is all everything's challenging just existing yes and also how you like I I mean, it's an, I love the analogy, but I'm, I hate surfing, and it's too hard. And I, if if you took put me in, said, "Oh, you're going to do two hours of surfing until you learn," I just wouldn't want to do. Yeah. You know, you'd need an instructor. You'd need maybe to start off in the shallows. Yeah. You, you'd need someone really teaching you how to do it. So that image, I take further. The image of surfing also that actually somebody doesn't want to do it. Yeah, and isn't isn't going to be confident and actually probably isn't got the skills that are going to make it easy and so it's also like sometimes I feel like for some people on the spectrum it's almost as if they would be happy in a shallow pool where there aren't any waves 
but quite often people are sort of dive bombing in and creating these big yeah. waves and that's why they well, you know I can see why your son would be like well I'd rather not surf actually if it's okay to you I'd rather just keep it my way but unfortunately in life that's not going to be realistic is it so it's a balance and it's having that vision that actually we are trying to teach them the skills to go further out than they thought they would or could and Mm -hmm. probably further out than they want Mm -hmm. it's always feel like it with, with autism especially it's about it's not about trying to change someone so that they fit in. It's about supporting them to do the things they might need to do so that they can do the things they want to do. Yeah. You know, it, it, and, and also being able to do it if they have to or want to, not just because we think they should. should or, or because we're forcing them. Yes. Because as soon as the yeah. forcing comes, oh my goodness. Yeah. It's like manners and politeness. I, I remember doing a session with a young person once about that. And when I was really, really trying to boil it down and think about why we do it, if, if you think of it from a very sort of selfish point of view, you, you can turn on manners and politeness and charm to win someone over. And actually, if this particular young person wanted to go out and get a job, and I was sort of talking to him about, well, you know, if if you speak to them like you speak to me sometimes, or mum, you might, unfortunately, people might not give you that job just because of that. So that's why you practice it. Um, to get uh, where you... Yeah. So it's, it's the motivation that comes from them rather than... Yeah. Well, I think you almost need like a really clear and honest motivation because we kind of will often socially do that work ourselves. Um, Having said that, some people would argue that you know manners and politeness is about you wanting the other person to feel comfortable. Mm. Who's it for? Yeah. But that's I don't know. I don't, I don't know if it's sometimes going back to the getting and the surfing. The, the the challenge for me is of actually you have to do it as well. You have to learn to surf. Yes. As well. And for me, it it was scary because I thought. Do you know I'm not a very good server? We have the same process to go through of learn, learning to take the bumps. That, mm. And your thing that's so helpful with your approach, to me anyway, is it's not a, it's about modelling, but it, learning. Yes. You're learning it one just as. <laughs> you model that you're learning. Yeah. And therefore, and the, that's a the learning becomes for me, okay. Because there's so much where before we've had to, oh God, we've got to get it right, we've got to know how to do it. Mm. And actually, to be modelling being a beginner, being a, making mistakes, feeling crap, falling off your surfboard, um, getting it wrong with people, getting it wrong with your child. Mm. But actually, that's okay. Yeah. We keep going. If we try and be, well, first of all, if we try and be perfect, then we never fulfil it, and then we're always disappointed. But also, I often think if you're modelling perfection to a young person that's struggling with it, whatever that is, you're not really giving them any tools or skills to do it. So say like emotional regulation, keeping yourself calm, not getting upset. If you do that all internally, and then just walk away calmly, the young person sees, oh, hang on, this 
mum can just stay calm and I don't know how yeah. and I can't so yeah, I'm I've therefore not the same my book, actually the people he connects most to are the people he actually knows are he used the term now he used, a, it was like, um, he used the term emotional substance I thought blimey there was some, I know. He said that he didn't get some. He couldn't find any emotion. And I think they need to know what they're connecting with. They need to understand how somebody else is ticking, which means they need to experience somebody else handling the emotions. If you've got a verbally able young person on the spectrum um, who receives, who, like you say, has that cognitive intellectual... I'm always recommending to be really open and honest about your intentions and your emotional state. Obviously, with caution, you don't go in with, you know, I'm having a complete meltdown, and like, you know, but because it's really useful, and quite, a, I think, quite a lot of challenges between non autistic person and autistic person there's a misreading of intention mm. and actually we're used to not being as explicit about our intentions because we just assume the other person yeah. knows why we're doing something. But I think so often people think autism is about not as not having empathy, not not experience. I don't think, I think they tune into emotion but they can't always make sense of it yes, yes. and they can't always recognise my son what's his emotion and what's somebody else's emotion. Yeah. So well, it is really a spectrum. I mean, I think empathy is a developmental process, and I've worked with some young people on the spectrum that are probably not that aware of other yeah. people's thoughts and feelings yet. But what you do find is when those thoughts and feelings are turned right up and their attention goes to them, i.e. parent becomes very upset or you know angry, they do feel that and they're hypersensitive to it's it and like you say and it's, it's overwhelming but it's without context without reason yeah. um, whereas you've got someone more like your son who actually is aware of that other people have thoughts and feelings and it has some ability to read them but actually maybe doesn't it over associates them to himself or doesn't um maybe sometimes assumes they're more negative than they are. I know with you sometimes... But I think that's something that your work has been just part your of. Hand Ooh, on sorry, I'm banging. <laughs> is of actually being taking them through that process of this is what I am thinking, this is what, you, what yeah. are you... So although he has, I think he's done amazingly in, learn, in getting some of the... Those have had to be taught. Yeah, and you've had to... I remember you talking about having to feedback sometimes that... Yes, I am upset, but that's okay. And I will deal with being. And I'll be able to deal with being upset, yeah. Um, but just rewinding yeah. quickly back to sort of starting school. So he'd been at, how long had he been at his secondary school before we met then? Two years. Two years. And had that gone fairly smoothly or initially? Uh, yes, but going to that surfing again, I think one of the big challenges that I've always, it went well, and, but deceptively well, so I think people didn't realise how hard he was having mm. to work. And he's always done a lot of masking yeah. at that particular school, yeah. isn't he? So. And that therefore it was presumed that he was finding the surfing easy mm -hmm. and actually he was making a very good because he wants to be, hates not to hates to be different, he wouldn't 
he was making such a good show of things be, that that the presumption was he's fine. And he was doing well with some support, but that support was then taken away. Because he was doing well. Yeah, yeah. because it, and I understand the pressures on school with finance and stuff, but as I said, when I tried to, we wouldn't take insulin away from a diabetic child, or we wouldn't throw the inhaler away from an asthmatic child yeah. because they haven't had an asthma attack in the last few months. No, you might reduce how much you use yeah. it or reduce the dosage, but you wouldn't yeah. completely remove it initially. Yeah, and certainly if you were going to do that, you would communicate carefully with the child. Yes. And what the communication didn't happen. And I, I hope they mind me mentioning yeah. it, but I, I, it was a long time ago. I think it's been two, three years, maybe four. Yeah. Um, but I seem to remember at the time you were having some difficulty in the school's uh, communication, but communication being two way in them receiving your ideas about what yeah. was best. I understand. I understand that's a really difficult dynamic parent with school but for me it became a, a problem of whether I was feeding um, my yes. son's problems or hostility or which I, I really don't think I, I know I wasn't but he would not communicate them for himself so I needed to try and communicate them but it became that dynamic of, we don't see any of this, um, and he's got to toughen up. That was the word that, wow. yeah, he's got to toughen up. See this, I mean, this is a, a, a bit of a, a, I guess a focus or passion of mine at the moment, but the idea of masking on the spectrum is I think something that's still very new to lots of professionals. I do think there's been, unfortunately, a mistake on the part of a lot of professionals to assume that it's a, a parent over-talking behaviour or, or over-responding to something or their own anxieties yeah. about their young person. And we have to look at that as yes, parents. Yes, probably part, there's I probably a bit of that in there as well, um, but I don't think it's ever... I don't, I don't understand why anyone would be saying that, that things are really difficult when they're not at all. Yeah, and I found it quite helpful, just sort of being physiological about this. I think schools are used to a fight reflex from the youngster, the disruptive. Right. They're maybe used to the flight. Right, if it's actually running but away. But the freeze yeah. of being a chameleon trying to Trying to literally freeze, be a hedgehog, go quiet. Don't look. If I don't move, they won't. If I don't move, they won't notice. And I could see that is actually a deeper fear response. Yeah, yeah, Um, because you've got no, you know, you've got nothing there. You you can't escape it. You freeze. But it also doesn't get the support that the the fight one is usually the one that gets the most notice. (laughs) And when they come out of freeze, which is when they come home. Yeah. Whoa! Do you get it? And And that's what was happening with you, wasn't it? And, and, and very much almost the minute you collected him. Yeah. Um, and the more I tried to push him to communicate his distress for himself, because I knew I wasn't being listened to, yeah. the more resistance I got. But also, to be fair there, and it makes me now angry, and I wasn't good at being angry at the time, we have a young person with a communication 
an interaction yeah, disorder. Says that on his diagnosis. So how are we asking? How yeah. do we ask? It's like asking a child in a wheelchair to get up and run across the playground to get there. What they need. I just don't understand how. And I guess I speak about this in training quite a lot, but I think it sometimes it actually helps me that I'm not a parent because I've always been cautious of saying to someone anything that would sound like I know their child better than them yeah. because that's impossible that that's your child so yes I, if I'm listening to your information I'm looking for examples and specifics so that I get a, an objective view of what's actually happening but if you tell me that he's distressed in the car you know what why would I not listen and see if there's something that can be done and it, and it's not about set, giving you know i know it's not practical to give a parent complete say over how their child is supported in every environment because with the best will in the world there's funding implications and some parents would would possibly over mm. over egg it but why not use that as a starting point you know but to me the starting point is to be able to talk together and say, what can we do yeah. what can rather than what can't I know we can't have this funding what can and what can we so it's together not in yeah. conflict um, because I know that there's been times where you've we've had to sort of scaffold it so that you've got his input somehow so that school can see it's not just coming from you and that just feels like a lot of effort and that actually, doesn't need to happen. It breaks the trust of the child because if your child's got any nails and one has, he sees why why can't you say no? Yeah. Don't, so are they going to believe you? Exactly. And so then you're knows. thinking yeah. then you've got the break. So building the relationship with school is I don't think it can work with that that but it's really hard to hard do. to do. And it has to be both ways. And so let's just go let's try and keep on story for a bit yeah. then so when we started work from what i remember um this the main sort of there would be there would often be a, a dynamic where you'd pick him up from school and immediately there'd be problems that had happened at school things that they said he needed to do that he didn't want to or couldn't didn't feel he was able to changes they'd made the, the, all the usual yeah. sort of triggers that we'd be expecting um and then that would become a cycle of him sort of demanding you had a solution. Yeah, and bringing his anger out on me. On you. And how, Which from your reflection, how do you remember changing that or working on that? I think those, you brought, I mean, I think there's a baseline that it is never okay to bring your anger out on someone. Mm -hmm. So I have to, however, Yes, you are angry. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's okay to be angry. Mm -hmm. I understand why you're angry, but we have to deal with being angry differently than just throwing it mm -hmm. at, and sometimes at that point, to the fifth. I have to be the one to say, I will walk, I will distance myself if that is how you're going to do. And I think and so that's a hard one when you've got a really distressed child. Mm. Yeah, because you want to help, don't you? You want yeah. to you want to offer a solution. You're probably tolerating more unacceptable behaviour than you would from anyone else because you feel so strongly the need to support them. And that 
ultimately, for me, it was then I did have to challenge school uh-huh. because I, there was he was trapped. There was no way his distress was, and I couldn't do that on my own. I, I think yeah. there's a time when you need another, somebody who's a neutral voice. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I won't go into this detail, but actually the whole thing blew open mm-hmm. at school, and ultimately it was. Yeah, I think there there was apologies, mm. which is not probably every. I'm lucky in that. Well, that, I think you know. I mean, obviously, we're hoping that this is anonymous and that no one picks up on it. But actually, that although it did take a lot, and there was, you know, unfortunately, a lot of those challenges there. That is a thing of positivity for yeah. that school. Is that actually eventually they did listen. They did put those things in place and they saw a big difference and you saw a big difference. Um, and I think part of that was the adjustment. So you, you stopped some of those waves by maybe not swimming in trouble waters. I think I had waters. to realise, actually, it, he is so distressed. I can say you are not to whack me, and, but actually he is in a situation that is beyond his yes. cope. Something has to change because he can't cope with this. Yeah, you you can you can limit a behaviour, but actually that uh, you've still got to work really hard to show that you're acknowledging the stress. And I think the stuff you were doing with school, he would have seen that. Um, I think the thing that was helpful, going back to the surfing thing, is that everybody has got weight, but they're different for different. And what maybe school didn't realise is that what is easy for some children and seems easy for our children. Actually, that's worse surfing than having to do a history exam. It's yeah. different things challenge. It's the social, the social stuff that usually you expect yeah. typical kids to thrive in, to do really well at, to find really easy. I mean, even to the point where I've heard people on the spectrum talk about how much more difficult it is just to be having a conversation with three people compared to two. Because if it's, if it's me and you, I can look at you, I can wait for my turn, I can listen to what you're saying, and I can keep up. Whereas actually, if, a whole, if there's another person in the room, that's a whole nother shift of attention, which is a cognitive skill, which again, is often difficult on the spectrum. You've got to read two people's point of view. It's, it's just, and then you multiply that in a playground by God knows what, with hundreds of kids and loads of noise. It's, um, yeah. And I think specifically, you know, in case anyone's going through that, uh, that sort of cycle where I, th- I think of it sometimes as you are regulating that young person's emotion, but unfortunately the regulation they're using is not appropriate yeah. and, it's, and it is lashing out. And, and I, I don't mean this in a deliberately hurtful way, um, but the idea that a problem shared is a problem halved, which is all well and good if I can sit down and say, I've got this problem, I feel like this, I mm-hmm. feel like this. And I did I did read an article about a young person in care who was asked why he was violent towards his parents and people around him. And he said, if I didn't physically attack people, they never understood how bad it was. Yeah. And I view, that, that to me has just shed a lot of light on yeah. it because it feels like and then a lot of the time we do sometimes because because um, I don't know being told that we couldn't be in a certain area that we're usually in would not be a problem for us 
we completely sort of detach ourselves from it emotionally and, and try and problem solve and say we'll just do something else next time or don't worry about it or it's not a problem that's life but for that person on the spectrum that change is so real yeah. that actually we're not joining them and I know you did a lot of work around empathizing out loud with him you know understanding and connecting with why that was difficult for him as well as and I, I seem to remember being there being an exact phrase it was something like I, I can help you if you let me or something like that or something yeah. where you would you'd explicitly say to him I, I can't engage when you're being aggressive yes um, I'm waiting to help but it. I can't help while what you're, you're doing clinging that? at me and I, remember, I do remember that taking probably a good three months to have a big effect. Because to begin with, the, with the slightly withdrawing is seen as a threat. It's seen, mm. and, it, and I don't mean to be nasty about them, but they can, that thing of they're not in control of you. Yes. Because um, they're so panicked, they're trying to control yeah, they're trying something. To con- um, they're trying, and they tried to control, well, tried to control me. Yeah. Um, and so actually, I did years again. It, it worked well for the, the image with him of like if we're both driving, and it's better if we both control. I can drive beside you, but if you lean over and nick my wheel, we're going to come. Up. It's not, yeah, it's not how you drive. <laughs> yeah, that, that's going to cause. You yeah. can I can drive beside you, but if I I'm not going to lean over and steer your wheel. You've got to steer your. Wheel. But if you lean over and try and steer mine, we were both off the road. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, it doesn't. <laughs> It'll always no, make yeah, you yeah. not work. <laughs> no, I like that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, and and I think that's uh, you you you've worked really hard at recognizing that because it's it's so much easier to sit back and reflect on it that in the moment when someone is trying to control you. To then empathise with them as someone in a highly panicked state is such a, a skill. Something you said though, which I find, is oh, sometimes it's actually less rather than more. Less, less is more. Less is more. Yes. In the heat of it, yes. the more I say, the more anything I say is going to be wrong. Yes, it's but like anything you say can and will be used against you in yeah. the court of law. <laughs> less is, in, in that real, it's about being a presence. Mm but a presence that is standing their ground. Yeah. Um, not, so I'm not gonna run away, I'm gonna be waiting for you, but I'm gonna wait here. Yeah, um, yeah. because if, you, if you're in that situation, which I know you were, where anything you say is wrong, what's the value of But it's even it? worse, Sam, because then you push to say something, because say nothing, yeah. but you just, and another image I've used is a road map, so we've had like, Okay, we're going. We're on a journey. I'm not going to go down a dead end. Mm. I'm not going to go down a road that's going to lead over a cliff. I'll wait at a junction. If you want to go down that road, I can't stop you. But I'm going to wait at the junction. I can't. There are lots of right ways, but there are some wrong ways. Mm. And so I've used that image frequently to try and explain why he might feel I'm not coming with him. And I'll say I'm waiting to go away a route that's going to get us somewhere rather than one that's just going to mm. be a dead end isn't it I mean this is a bit of a tangent but it just came to me then when you were explaining it but so if, I, if, if you were to give basic training on autism one of the things you used to hear quite a lot and probably still would on a lot of, a lot of training is um, 
avoid using or that they won't understand metaphor, analogy, grey areas, that kind of stuff. And it always strikes me as, as, as very interesting and I think gratifying that you use a lot of that with your son. He is very intellectual, he does read lots, He's, he does very well in his um, education side of things so it's worth mentioning that but he uses those analogies with you you've had to sort of be quite explicit yeah, about that them. this yeah. is this, this is what is, it means but and they why. do I, I think some children uh, what is an autistic youngster and they're well, this is it. That's, that's, yeah. that's why I was I mentioning the width do. how many ASD youngsters are obsessed with Minecraft and yeah that is meta that's yeah, a, a like metaphorical a representation of, yeah. yeah so it's been clear that we use we a map helps. That's mm. I've been really clear, you know. We use a map yeah. and it helps. So this is a picture, but this is a map. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do get he'll now he'll now say, Don't use a you know, if I try a metaphor, I've tried it about sailing or something. <laughs> just Don't use a metaphor. So it's almost backfiring. Backfiring a little bit, okay. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, and I mean, you know, so, that, so there was that, I think that was that one, that was quite a big piece of work, and I think it was two-pronged. It was obviously working on your responses to shape his responses, but also trying to get the school to make adjustments mm. so he wasn't in such distress. But that's state. quite a challenging parent to realise we can get so clear blame, so tied up in this school again it's always important to look at what yes but well, the, the quote again it's not mine I think it was a Marcus Aurelius idea initially and then I've heard someone else say it but the, if you truly realise that the only thing you're in control of is you mm. that gives you a lot of power especially I mean I use that a lot in a de-escalation situation where I'll sometimes be literally thinking to myself what am I doing what can I do next what can I try next what effect is it having because otherwise you lose sight of your input into it and it's not about judging yourself because you didn't cause this or you didn't but it's actually understanding that you have a role to play and you you can affect things for the good or the bad you could certainly affect for the bad <laughs> well I think you can do both but it's just neither of those things are your it's not a judge it's not a fault thing because if you knew the, if you knew exactly what to do in each situation to get it right you would do it as long as it was easy to do yes but there's two things here there's first of all it's very hard to know the exact right thing to do in this every situation which is why generally the less you do is usually better because it's usually going to make it worse but the other thing is some of the approaches that that i find helpful are not easy they take their toll <laughs> they take yeah. practice you know it's it's not easy to stay calm in a difficult situation and they so, know what buttons to press yeah some yeah some, so some young people really know how to affect you you know yeah so but some of those images that other you know we have in there about putting your own gas what is it? Oxygen mask on first. Yeah, not gas mask. Not a gas, that's, that's the a opposite bit. image. <laughs> Put your gas yourself mask. before the child. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, the child might be able to that. escape. That's all right. I don't Put think I'm painting that one. Put your gas mask on first. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
put your, put your own oxygen mask on mm. before trying to sort your child yeah. out. I, I really understand that if we are absolutely going over the edge and don't look after our own reactions, we're modelling the very worst. Yeah, and also not again it's accepting that it's not easy to be in the best place to support no. this support is not easy if it was it wouldn't be a problem in the first place it, you know it, whenever someone is distressed it's hard for us if that's your then your child that's you're designed to care more absolutely you know so but it, even like one little tiny thing i started to do was before i said anything i'd make myself breathe three times Oh, okay, fantastic. So when there's a real escalation, and, and I would just like want to, yeah, yeah, and I would just want to either hush, you know, yeah. or step in and try and calm him, mm-hmm. I would make myself breathe in mm. and out, and in and out. And that, I thought that was for me, but I think actually it just gives enough time for them to experience, actually, I, I, I don't know, just to be with themselves before and sometimes in that space he'd start to do something that I didn't yeah yeah because you again you want to you want to respond instantly mm. but often giving that extra time for whatever it is processing or calming that that makes such a difference um, I, I I guess uh, I mean I, I want to try and I'm gonna have to sort of head off yeah. shortly but I'll I guess I'm sort of summarising some of the things we've spoken about. So we, we've got the putting your own oxygen mask on first um, as a technique. We've got setting, I guess, setting relational limits that you can help when you're allowed to help. Yeah. But actually, even though you understand and you care and you will support however you can and you'll never blame or punish for being upset, it's not okay to use physical aggression because it doesn't work and it doesn't work yeah true i tried to put it in that way it's actually it's not just it's it's not a case of it's that what it is but it's not going to make you feel better it isn't going to work and i want to use things that are going to work yeah and i think another sort of big adjustment that we looked at was and i i don't know that i could be tell me if I'm wrong but um, because you came from a teaching background there's a there's often a communication style in teaching and I used to do it as a TA but it's lots of questions and lots of talking about you know well I think you're feeling this or you need to do this or you know what do you think you're feeling and we we worked a lot on that didn't we about statementing your position yeah, your yeah, thinking really and then if, if if you were wrong you had an opportunity to say, well, okay, that's just what I think, or that's just what I feel, or that's just how I see it. And I think, as a general approach, that's made such a, a difference for him because it's really given him more insight into you as a... You're being, trying to be kind of transparent, if I've just... Yeah, into your brain. <laughs> yes, giving, this is me, this is you. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some things that are similar, there's some things that are different, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but with the thing I've come from, teaching background, oh god, that's easy in comparison to being a parent of one. Right. <laughs> it's, no, people say it makes it easier because you were taught for years and years and you taught special needs. It's a different part of your being. Oh, of course. Yeah, of course, yeah. yeah, yeah. 
Yes. And when you're a teacher, you can go home. Yeah. Well, this is again. This is where I come from as a as a professional because I've always got a sense of whatever I do in my job is infinitely more easy for me to do than it will be for the parent. So whereas you know if I'm if I'm working with a staff member and I say right well you need to avoid raising your voice and avoid using a firm tone with this young person because they'll respond to it negatively and it'll make them panic and they don't do it bring them back in and we have a, a stern word because this is their job and if they then struggle so much that they can't do it maybe it's not the right job for them yeah but parent doesn't but get that. three o'clock in the morning <laughs> yeah, <parent does laughs> not get any of that. so actually you know it's, it makes if i feel if i'm working with a parent and they're not putting into practice some of the things i'm saying it's about me supporting them and trying to understand why and yeah. why it's so difficult and actually maybe a bit of therapeutic support for them because i know a lot of parents feel totally overwhelmed yeah and, and also why you know why do i have yeah. to do this because this is beyond what yeah. other people have and to that's do. where that to finish maybe that surfing thing we're teaching our kids to surf trying to but it's we are floundering often in waters that feel too rough <laughs> yes you just want to get out you I want to go want to, to the, sit on a lounger yes. on the side of the beach you want to go to the bahamas <laughs> where there's nice flat water and you're don't on the line want to go <laughs> you don't want to be in the middle of the north sea choppy waves and there don't seem to be a lifeboat when you've fallen off <laughs> well they are out there yeah. they, just, they sort of seem to you just got to grab them when they're there i guess <laughs> yeah and not be afraid to uh, say I'm falling off hmm. and I, you know if you understand fully what and you try not that not that any of us and sort of caveat that that no I don't think anyone without autism can truly understand what it's like for someone with autism but once you have an awareness of what the challenges are and how real they are your son in particular and many others out there I mean he's basically Kelly Slater which is a surfer reference you might not is get, it? but he's like the guy. He's the surfer. He's oh. the one that's just awesome. The one who did went under on that big wave in Portugal. He went inside it. Uh, they, lots of them do. That. Okay. <laughs> Are you a surfer? Secret surfer? No, not at all. I just I don't know. Like no watching YouTube. Well, I like I like beaches, so I like yeah. I sort of hang around, and have a board, yeah. and do nothing because I just fall off. So you know, I like the lifestyle. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, he's an expert basically okay. because actually. You know, my um, they are I, they are in choppier waters because mm. because the things that happen that make them that are triggers that are a challenge happen all the time. There's no harbour. No, if I mean I could be you know loads of things could change today and that they're not big waves for me unless I've got to sort something out about it. Whereas for your son, any change, yeah. whether it's good or bad is a wave and that's something that we can help by asking other people to understand yes and you and also giving time out of the water completely if it's possible yeah so things like preferred interests or you know activities where there's very little interruption i think that's you know why things like minecraft are so because you say minecraft is a 
is a massive sort of representation of life and it is but the difference is you're sitting out in total control yeah. of what it looks like and what it is so yeah. it's very controllable and that's something that actually of this practical thing I have recognised they need, he needs more time out of the water and therefore where I sometimes and you compare yourself horribly and you see other young people go to football club and yeah. scouts and cubs and choir yeah. and Duke of Edinburgh and then, I just think if he's managed the day at school, brilliant. Yeah. And I am not going to heap on other. I've learned to recognise what that's cost mm -hmm. him. So I, you will go to school. We will make school work, mm -hmm. but I don't force a mass of others. No. I'm going I'm to finalise that, and we're going to wring that analogy dry. Because I've had one other thought that well, you know, <laughs> no, we'll be being in choppy water, the surfing, the waves. Yeah, it's like, regardless of someone's um, ability, diagnosis, whatever it was, if you chucked them into the sea <laughs> and said we're going to surf, and it was, you looked at it and you thought, well, it's fairly wavy, but it's okay. And so you chuck two kids in, and one comes out sort of glowing, yeah. knackered, loved it. loved it, oh my yeah. god, that was brilliant, yeah. and, uh, and, uh, oh no, and, and you were like, well it wasn't too rough for you, was it, no, it was easy, I, I, I can do that, no problem, and the other one comes out and looks petrified, exhausted, I don't want to do that again, it's too hard, but they, you know they have to go back in that water, you need to then come back and support them, yeah. teach them how to swim better, get them a better board, lessons and just ideas, paddle first and paddle first maybe find a, a slightly better area to surf so they yeah. can lead up to and it. give them choices in that i found that one so okay which beach would you prefer to paddle yes on? well yeah they might choose the one that with no waves then but right. <laughs> we start with the one with it. yeah um okay thank you for coming thank back you, in sir. julia hope it's been helpful it's certainly been I'm fun to, to do kelly what's his name kelly slater Okay. I think that the famous thing he did was he was in one of those tunnels, they call it a tube, and he fell off his board and somehow sort of grabbed it on the way round and got and back, got on, back on it. <laughs> so that's pretty. I shall show my son that and say this is that's what we're fun. But say, he get would rid say, of the okay, we'll just watch it on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to go out and do the actual surfing. Um, thank you very much, and thanks everyone for listening. And if you've got any questions, comments, or requests for Julia to come back and do another one, then please let us know in the comments box under no underneath, or email me um, at info at cedaronline.org.uk. Thanks very much. <laughs>